today on the Lockdown Blues podcast, reacting to the Ryan O'Reilly trade, reacting to Craig Berube's inflammatory comments about the effort from the St. Louis Blues and Robert Thomas's response, plus Alexei Torpchenko's comments about the lack of effort from the team. <coughs> Excuse me, a lot of drama this week, a lot of intensity in the media. Lots to go over on today's episode. Going to be a good one. Your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Lockdown Blues Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, as always, Josh Hyman. If this is your first time tuning into the show, you don't know who I am. I've been covering the show, or covering the blues, sorry, for about five years, whether it be Twitter, writing articles, or this podcast, which I've been doing for a couple years. You can find me on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. You can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Blues. Um, but yeah, thanks for tuning in. And like I said, if this is your first time tuning in, welcome. Appreciate you. Free and available on all podcast platforms and YouTube as well. If you're a returning listener, thanks for coming back. Thanks for making Locked On Blues part of your daily routine. Before I jump into today's episode, I wanted to let you know that this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, which is the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Now, said it at the top of the episode, got a lot to cover. I've been tra- I was traveling this week, so didn't get a chance to record um, before this, but Wanted to get an episode out today for sure. And then, you know, next week back on a full schedule, which will be good. Um, but yeah, I haven't talked about the Ryan O'Reilly trade yet. Uh, I know it's sort of old news at this point. He's already played a couple games with Toronto and got himself a hat trick. But I still want to talk about it. Uh, talk about, you know, the Blues massive trade return as a whole, including the Tarasenko trade. Um, Blues are also rumored to be potentially in on trading for Timo Meyer or Jacob Chikorin. So I want to talk about that as well. Give my thoughts on that. And then... It's been a crazy week in terms of media for the Blues. They blew a 2-0 lead um, with about 11 minutes to go in the game. And Craig Ruby was very, very unhappy afterwards. Ripped into the players um, in the post-game press conference. Alexei Torpchenko had similar statements, not quite as uh, egregious, but still, you know, commented on the lack of effort. And then Robert Thomas comes out and kind of, you know, ruffles some feathers by completely disagreeing with Craig Ruby. The headline was a little bit clickbaity, so... Lots to talk about on today's episode. Um, not sure if I'm going to get to it all. Might be a bonus episode this weekend uh, if I don't get to everything. But yeah, I mean, let's just jump into it. First things first, Ryan O'Reilly was traded about a week ago today um, to the Toronto Maple Leafs along with Noel Achari. Uh, St. Louis received a 2023 first, a 2024 second, a 2023 third, Mikhail Abramov and Adam Gaudet. Let's just go through... Um, the trade here, you know, starting with the Blues, Ryan O'Reilly, obviously former captain, um, did tremendous things for the Blues, set records, scored in four straight games or five straight games in the Stanley Cup final, which was a record that had only been previously set by Wayne Gretzky, obviously very impressive there, um, won the Selkie, won the Con Smythe, you know, I, there's nothing I can say about Ryan O'Reilly that hasn't already been said, um, Tremendous locker room guy. Really, really ha- sad to see him go. But sounds like, you know, the Doug Armstrong went to him and said, look, we're going to trade you. Pick a place and you'll go there. And he picked Toronto. So it seems like, you know, he got what he wanted uh, and w- what was best for him. And he seems, you know, happy and he's playing really well there, which 
I like to see. Um, Nolachari, again, a guy that I predicted the Blues would trade. Good depth piece, cheap, but replaceable um, and decent value. And it seems like that's kind of what it t- took to you know, get the deal over the line to get the Blues the absolute haul of picks that they ended up getting. I'm going to go through their return from what, in my opinion, is least to most valuable, starting with the players. Um, Mikhail Abramov is a depth kind of prospect guy. Hasn't quite impressed all that much, putting up decent numbers in the AHL, but I think he was a fourth-round pick, so, you know, nothing that Blues are really going to be banking on in terms of long-term future, but you never know. Uh, Adam Gaudet, good depth guy. Has had some success at the NHL level. Uh, was playing in the AHL this year, I believe, for the most part. But could definitely fill in a role on the third or fourth line when needed. Um, but most likely going to stay as a depth guy, AHL pay- player potentially. Then they pick up a 2023 third-round pick, which is most likely going to be the second third-round pick that the Blues have acquired um, via trade. Uh, the first one being in the Tarasenko deal. It's a conditional fourth. If the Rangers make the playoffs, which they will, uh, it turns into a third. Uh, 2024 second, so that's next year's draft. Um, gives the Blues a second round pick. They don't have one this season, which is a little unfortunate, but um, gonna be having one next year, which is great. And then the 2023 first gives the Blues a total of three first round picks for this upcoming draft, which is very very stacked. A um, lot of depth, a lot of really good players from picks one to 32. So uh, I think the Blues, if they keep the picks, they can make a lot of noise. Um, and you know potentially have a really quick rebuild if they draft some strong talent or you know what i'm talking about in the second segment um they could potentially trade one or two of those picks away for a guy like jacob chikorin or timo meyer uh i'm unconvinced that that's the right move uh but it you know still needs to be talked about for sure but the fact that they acquired another first round pick it could potentially acquire another one for ivan barbashev i think that one's more likely to be a second round pick but we'll see uh, I think the, the asset management from Doug Armstrong has been really, really strong. Unfortunately, it's kind of a case of, you know, make your own bed and you have to lie in it. Doug Armstrong did make some pretty rough decisions that led to a ro- the roster being in a, a tough place right now. And he's kind of paying the price there with this uncompetitive roster and a defensive core that is very difficult to move um, and is locked up for long term. So we'll see how that plays out. You know, there are rumors of potentially trading away Colton Pareko or even Tori Krug. I, I don't know if that's going to materialize just with the no trade clauses and the big contracts, and especially Colton Pareko, you know, being signed for another eight years. Um, I'm not sure that's something that's going to happen by the trade deadline, but, you know, crazier things have happened. I mean, Ryan O'Reilly got traded in the middle of the night, practically as did Vladimir Tarasenko. So you never know. Um, speaking of Vladimir Tarasenko, you might be asking yourself, Josh, he's not on the team anymore. Why is his jersey still behind you? He was my favorite player on the Blues. I'm going to keep it up. At least for till it feels like I should, you know, I'll at least turn the jersey around at some point. But I'm I'm, I'm not ready to take it down yet. I, I I'm still in denial. Um, but yeah, it's it's the Blues have acquired a ton of assets in trading. Um, so far the Blues have sent out Ryan O'Reilly, Vladimir Tarasenko, Nolachari, and Nico Mikola. Um, in return, they have gotten two first round picks, one second round pick, one likely two third round picks, a fourth round pick. Sammy Blay, Adam Gaudet, Mikhail Abramov, and another prospect whose name I can't remember at the moment. Um, spectacular haul. It's That's the way to do a rebuild. That's the way to do a retool. I think that, you know, Doug Armstrong has done everything he can to make the most out of a very difficult situation this season. But, uh, you know, that being said, I don't think the work is done. I think there are more trades to be made. And in this upcoming second segment, I'm going to be talking about whether or not I think the Blues should trade away some of their picks for a guy like Timo Meyer. 
or Jacob Chikorin. But before I get into that, I want to tell you guys about today's sponsor, and that is Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories? You got to check out Built Bars. Uh, what makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they are covered in 100% real chocolate, real delicious chocolate. That's right. They come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, which is my favorite, coconut and almond. I'm honestly not sure how Built does it. Every time I taste one, it's like a miracle that it it's a protein bar and it's good for you. It tastes just like a candy bar. You don't have to wait around to get a box online anymore. They now have them at Walmart and Sam's Club. But if you'd rather just wait online, uh, if you're not near Walmart or a Sam's Club, you can still go to Built.com. As always, get yourself a pack of Built Bars. They're delicious. I wouldn't recommend them if I didn't like them. Um, seriously, go ahead and try them if you haven't yet, especially now that they're easier to get. Uh, but yeah, check them out. Built.com, Walmart, Sam's Club. Don't miss out any longer. And we'll be right back with the second half of today's episode. So the St. Louis Blues now have a stockpile of draft picks, uh, most of them occurring in the 2023 draft, a couple of them in the 2024 draft, but they got a lot to work with, whether that be drafting and developing players, or if they want to shorten this rebuild, if you want to call it that, uh, by going out and getting some players, then you can trade those draft picks, obviously. Um, Doug Armstrong has previously said that the only way he would trade for players is if they were guys that are like 25 or 26 with a lot of team control. And that makes sense. You know, uh, you kind of, we kind of want to transition this roster to build around Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo. And, you know, you, you want guys that are going to grow up, uh, grow up, uh, grow into their prime along with those two, or maybe enter it a little bit earlier. Uh, and you know, guys that are 25, 26 make a lot more sense than going out and getting a, a 30 plus year old player. That's more of a, a move for a contender. But there are a couple of those guys on the market, uh, one of which being a name that the Blues have been rumored with for a long time that I have talked about on this show for a very long time, and that is Jacob Chikorin, a 24-year-old defenseman out of Arizona. Um, Two-way defender, pretty good offensively, pretty good defensively. Not quite that number one defenseman yet. I mean, he he does play that those minutes, but I think skill-wise, he's not quite there. But he is only 24, and defensemen take longer to develop. So, you know, the the and he has a lot of team control. I think he's got like five or six years at least left on his contract. So that's obviously very appealing. Um, and, you know, the hope is if the Blues or whoever goes out and trades for him that in a year or two, he fully develops into that number one defenseman role. Um, but that's where the price tag will be a little bit higher, I think, uh, compared to Timo Meyer, I think they're both going to be big price tags. I think Chickering will be a little bit lower. Um, but... Then again, Myers on an expiring deal. I believe he's an RFA. So I'll, I'll get into that in, in a moment. But I want to talk about Chikorin first. Uh, Chikorin's a guy that obviously has been rumored with the Blues for a very, very long time. Uh, in order to make the deal work, you would have to send Arizona a defenseman, I think. I think the Blues just have so many defensemen that going out and acquiring another one would just create a log jam. And you know, you, then you'd have you know f- five top four defensemen on your roster, but only one top two defenseman, maybe two if you count Justin Falk. Uh, it would be an interesting move. I think um, Jacob Chikorin definitely is a guy that could be the 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 guy that you build your defense around moving forward. It's just difficult because the Blues have pretty much all their defensemen locked up on long-term deals on pretty big money uh, with no trade clauses. So it's like, if you trade for Jacob Chikorin, obviously that's great, but you know the rest of the defense is set in stone. I don't know if Jacob Chikorin alone moves the needle enough for the Blues defense to get out of the hole that it's in now. But I think it's a really, really good start. Um, The thing that is a little bit, uh, you know, testy for me 
is like asking like is trading for Jacob Chikorin gonna pull you out of the the bit of the 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 spot that you're in now in the sense that you're not good enough to win a Stanley Cup you're not bad enough to win the draft lottery you're kind of in that in between which is the worst place to be in the NHL you know or in any major sports league you know you never want to be that that and that team that always just misses the playoffs or sneaks in and loses in the first round every year because then it's a lot harder to get better through the draft your draft picks aren't as good so it's even harder to you know trade away for guys and, and improve that way and maybe you lose a bit of that free agent attractiveness because you are just that perennial first round exit and they want to go to a contender whatever and I'm going to probably talk about this later with Timo Meyer as well. I just worry that the Blues are going to try to accelerate this rebuild a little too quickly and put themselves in a spot where they're like, you know, not never good enough to win a cup with this core, but also, you know, never bad enough to really go through a full rebuild. Um, I trust Doug Armstrong with that. I mean, there's a reason the Blues have been so competitive over the last decade and the roster has kind of changed over here and there. Um, but still, I, I think... It's an interesting conversation to be had. Um, I think Chicken would be a great player and would be a great addition for the Blues. I just, I don't know if I would rather keep the draft picks. And, you know, there's that whole thing. There's the whole joke, um, like the family guy bit. Um, would you rather have this boat or what's in the mystery box? And Peter Griffin goes, oh, uh, there could be anything in this mystery box, even a boat. It's like, do you want to keep the first round pick? It could be anything, even Jacob Chickering or, you know, trade it for Jacob Chickering. Chickering being 24, I think is really appealing in the sense that it definitely does accelerate the rebuild and, you know, you got him locked up for a couple of years. Um, I would, I would definitely welcome a Jacob Chickering trade depending on the asking price. I, what I don't want to see is the blues sort of revert everything they've done. Like I wouldn't want to see them trade a majority of the picks that they brought in because then it's like you essentially traded Ryan O'Reilly and Vladimir Tarasenko for one of Jacob Chickering or Timo Meyer, which I think is a, is a losing trade. But I don't think they'll do that. Uh, I think if anything, they would give up one of their first round picks. I can't see them giving up both, at least at the deadline, but I could be wrong. Timo Meyer, on the other hand, is a spectacular winger, one of the best wingers in the league, one of the best forwards in the league. Um, Going to be due for a hefty payday, I believe, in this upcoming offseason, which is where it gets a little bit complicated for the Blues because I don't think they quite have the cap space to make a move like that yet. Uh, I think it would another example of that would be you know them having to get rid of a defenseman, which... Bringing in Timo Meyer, I don't think the forwards are the issue. Obviously, now that you've traded Tarasenko and O'Reilly, yeah, the forward depth is looking very thin, but I think the defense is the real issue, and that is more of an addition by subtraction thing. I think if they can free up some cap space by trading away a Colton Pareko or a Tory Krug, that would make a lot of sense, or Marco Scandella. Um, but the thing is, I don't know if those guys would be attractive enough to fetch you Timo Meyer. Like, I don't know if, I mean, Colton Pareko probably, but a guy like Marco Scandella, who you would probably just move for a cap related reasons to match salaries in a trade for Meyer or Chikorin. I don't think Marco Scandella is a plus asset. I think you would have to attach draft picks to him to get a team to take him. And that's, it's it's a tough spot for the Blues, for sure. Um, Timo Meyer is a great player, but his asking price is going to be huge. I think it would be at least one of the Blues firsts, probably the second that they acquired, probably a, a prospect or two. It would be a big trade and, and it would put the Blues as a buyer after being a seller. I just don't know how much sense it makes to become a become a buyer immediately after becoming a seller. As much as it would stink to miss out on both of those guys if they both get traded away at the deadline and the Blues don't go in on them, I would understand it. You know, 
you kind of want to re- maybe reevaluate at the draft. Once you see where your picks end up, maybe you even move up in the draft. Maybe you get the seventh pick and there's a guy that you absolutely love at four and you package all your first round picks. But the Blues have so much opportunity uh, to make some big moves, whether it be for a player or a draft pick or both. You know, these next few weeks are going to be, or this, you know, the trade deadline is coming up. So next few weeks leading up to the trade deadline and then the offseason are going to be absolutely incredible for Blues fans. Um, there's going to be so many moving parts, so many players changing teams. I think, you know, the Blues still aren't done trading away guys. I think Ivan Barbashev is probably definitely going to get traded. Um, but who knows? Maybe we get some new, if the Blues trade for Chikorin or Timo Meyer, maybe not this season looks different, but the future of the St. Louis Blues looks incredibly different. Or then all of a sudden, you know, post post NHL entry draft, we have three first round, three more first round prospects to look at, including a the first top 10 pick the Blues have had in who knows how long. I think that's pretty much a guarantee. You know, I don't think they're trading away their own first unless like Connor McDavid becomes available. Um, but, you know, there's a lot there's a lot that could happen a lot could change um that being said though i do want to talk about the present a little bit talk about the the comments made by craig baruby and company regarding the team so make sure you stay tuned for that and we'll be right back to wrap up today's episode all right so the blues put on a fairly embarrassing display in their most recent game blowing a two nothing lead and then losing in overtime all happening pretty late in the third period and craig baruby was not happy. I'm going to read his comment verbatim. He said, quote, our best players don't play with any passion, no emotion, and no inspiration at all. They don't play inspired hockey. You cannot play in this league without emotion, grit, being inspired. They're getting paid lots of money, and they're not doing their job. End of story. Wow. (laughs) I mean, okay, look, he's not wrong, you know? If you've listened to almost any episode of the show this season, especially one after a Blues loss, you've heard me say the same thing, that it's the most frustrating thing about this season isn't the losses, you know, isn't whatever, isn't isn't the, the trades of Tarasenko and Araya. The most frustrating thing about the season is how much the players feel like they're underachieving solely due to lack of effort and lack of intensity. Exactly everything that Craig Ruby just said. And look, if I can see it watching on my TV... Of course, Craig Bruby's going to see it being behind the bench and seeing the attitude in the locker room. And look, it's hard to hear as a fan and I'm sure as a player, but he, you know, he's right. They're making tons of money to play a, a children's game. And it's, I mean, you know, I'm never not speaking from experience, but it's not that hard to go out and show up and put on, you know, give yourself 60 minutes of effort once every other day once every three days, even if your team's not playing well, you know, and you got a couple guys that have really, I think, put in maximum effort all year. Jordan Bennington, I think, has been really, really good. Nathan Walker is a guy that Craig Ruby mentioned. Alexi Torpchenko, who I'll talk about in a little bit. It's not the whole team, but it's definitely the guys at the top, um, you know, and look, Robert Thomas, who had comments about it, him and Jordan Cairo, I think are no different. It's difficult. You know, I don't think they're the prime examples, but the whole team, including them, kind of has instances where they just seem checked out and deflated you know they give up that first goal and it's sort of like a the body language is like oh man here we go again you know another loss and you know you'll you'll get that effort and that energy until they go down one nothing or until they go down to nothing and it's like after that it's like you know it's, it's like come on guys like yeah you're not winning a cup this year but maybe there's a maybe there's a fan in the stands who 
got got a huge birthday present. They've always wanted to go to a blues game, and and they and they watch a, a half-assed effort. You know that's frustrating. And and you know ownership and management and coaching staff they work so hard, so tirelessly to construct this roster, and just watching the players that that are getting paid millions of dollars not put in that effort, it's frustrating. Um, but at the same time, the players just watched their captain get traded away, and one of their best goal scorers get traded away in Vladimir Tarasenko. But I'm going to talk about this in another episode. But I think the Tarasenko trade was better off for the Blues. It seems like they kind of started playing better in between him getting traded and O'Reilly getting traded. Obviously, the O'Reilly trade kind of just sank the ship completely, but topic for a future day. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a hard spot for the players to be in, you know, and it, it is a job, you know, as much as any one of us would probably love to be in the NHL. There's parts of it we don't get. There's parts of it we don't see. The hard work that they put in in practice and in the weight room and etc and and the games as well they work their asses off and to see management sort of just give up and trade away players like that and then have your coach call you out in the media i would understand why that's not ideal however not every player is on the same page with that um alexi torbchenko who is one of the youngest players on the team uh came out and said even if we are not in a playoff spot i will do everything because it's a hockey game this is the nhl you are not playing in a beer league or something (laughs) You need to show something. You need to show character and be strong everywhere. Play from your heart. I think that's exactly how the attitude of the player should be. Um, it's probably different for veterans in this league, that especially guys that were on the cup team, to have this complete whiplash and be on a be on a team that's bottoming out like this. But you know that energy it's 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 contagious. If one guy, especially guys like guy like that has been called out, Braden Shen. Um, if he's not trying, you know, if, if your leaders aren't putting in that effort, it's contagious, then the rookies of the team are going to look at that and be like, oh yeah, we can dog it too. Um, versus the flip side, if you're going out there and playing hard every single night, you know, you come out, you you work your tail off on a shift, you go hard into corners, everyone on the bench is going to notice that and they're going to start playing better as well. And it's it's a domino effect. Like I said, it's contagious. Um but look, it, it, it's there's a lot more nuance to it. You know, it's not as simple as go out, try hard, go home. It's it's been a tough season for these players, I'm sure. Um, I worry that Craig Bruby has lost the room a little bit, and we might see a situation this off season similar to what happened in Boston with Bruce Cassidy, where they have a great coach. However, the players just aren't aren't bought in on him anymore. Um, I would not be surprised if Craig Ruby is gone in the offseason, especially with the comments that Robert Thomas made, which I will read now, which definitely were taken a little bit out of context, but still concerning. And I am going to read the out of context version of the quote, just because we are getting near the end of the episode. Basically, he said regarding Craig Ruby's quotes, Robert Thomas did, I've been a part of this team for a long time. And what he said couldn't be further from the truth. Not great. Not great to have your coach and your, you know, franchise player completely contradicting one another in the media. However, he did go on to say, um, you know, that he is putting in his best effort night in, night out, and that he has, you know, a big role to fill, big big shoes to fill or skates to fill, if you will, especially with the departure of Ryan O'Reilly, that he's trying to lead by example, blah, blah, blah. So the quote wasn't quite as like, Craig Ruby is criticizing us and I disagree you know, I, I hate him. He's a terrible coach and whatever. Like a lot of people are taking it as that way that, you know, sort of like a, like a, a Kyrie Irving-esque locker room drama. It's not quite that. It's, it's more him sticking up for himself and his teammates and being what a good leader should. 
you know, he's not going to go out there and be like, yep, Broby was right. We, we have been, we have been slacking all year. We haven't been trying because a, that would make him look bad. And B, what the heck are his teammates going to say? Like, come on, man, you're going to call us out in the media like that. That's Greg Ruby's job. His, his job is to motivate the players. He doesn't call things out in the media a lot, but when he does, it often works and it's often warranted. Uh, he's done it a few times in the past, whether it be individual players, the team as a whole, he's kind of just said like, look, blank is not meeting my expectations. And it really only comes when it reaches a boiling point in the sense that it feels like it's his last resort and, Robert Thomas is also doing his job by sticking up for his players as the de facto leader of this team, um, saying like, look, yeah, this has been a disappointing year, but to say that we haven't been trying is insulting and blah, blah, blah. I, I don't think it's quite as big of a story as people are saying, but that being said, I think there's probably a little bit of drama in that locker room in the sense that the players are, are getting frustrated with that reputation that they've been giving and Ruby is getting frustrated with the lack of effort because look, like I said, the lack of effort, lack of effort is clear. But the lack of effort is also understandable when they're losing as many games as they do and the trades are happening the way that they do, et cetera, et cetera. So it is a mess in St. Louis right now. Um, but there are, there are uh, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Blues have, like I said, a ton, a ton, a ton of options of how they want to accelerate. If they want to accelerate this rebuild, they have a ton of draft picks, decent prospect cupboard, and a good group of guys to build around in Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo. Justin Falk, etc. So look, it's 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 uncharted territories for a lot of blues fans. Um they've been a very, very good team the last decade plus, but end of an era. As Doug Armstrong said, today is the first day of a new decade of blues hockey. So what what that means, we're gonna have to wait and see. But I'll have all those updates for you here on the Lockdown Blues Podcast. That is all the time I have for you today, though. Thank you all so much for listening. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button whenever you listen to me on, or if you watch me on YouTube, that works as well. Leave a comment. I like to interact with those. I try to read all of them um, and respond to some or most or all. Who knows? Follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnBlues and TikTok and Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. Thank you all so much for listening. Have a wonderful weekend. And as always, let's go Blues.